Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Africa Business of Sport podcast with myself Adam Spio and my co-host Jabu Imtwa. This is part two of our conversation on SA Tourism's bid to sponsor Tottenham Hotspurs and the buzz around it happening so far. Jabu, who do we have with us today? Today we have an expert when it comes to sports sponsorships and sports marketing as a continuation of our bonus episode just last week Thursday when the news was broken. We now have an expert to talk us through some of the big issues or the big opportunities around this proposed sponsorship deal. So Dr. Michael Goldman, welcome to the Africa Business of Sport podcast. Jabba, thank you. Edom, great to connect with you. Just before we go into the nitty gritty around the deal, could you just briefly explain your career background, your expertise and where your research areas mainly lie? Absolutely. Well, uh, I am a uh, professor at the University of San Francisco in California, where I teach on a sport management master's program. Um, I'm also adjunct faculty here in South Africa at the Gordon Institute of Business Science, part of the University of Pretoria. I've been in California for the last nine and a half years with the University of San Francisco and then popped back to South Africa Uh, at least once a year to do some work here, to bring American students across and also to take South African students across uh, to North America. I also do some teaching and work in a number of other parts of, of Africa, India, and South America. As an academic, I publish in a range of different places, some academic journals, some business practitioner journals, and a lot of case study work, which is really about capturing how managers make decisions so we can teach a lot of what they do in the classrooms around the world. I'm also the editor of one of those journals, uh, Emerald Publishing's Emerging Market Case Studies Collection. So my work is really focused on marketing and sales and customer strategy, whichever industry that is, including, of course, a big focus on the sports and entertainment industry, uh, which you know is, is my focus in California and also a lot of the work I do in other parts of the world. That sounds brilliant. And clearly, you are well-placed to have this conversation with us to talk through what has become a now controversial issue, not only in sports discourse but also politically too so just before we jump into the details of the actual deal itself and you walk us through it firstly what are your thoughts on the sort of disastrous nature of the rollout and how the news were leaked actually it wasn't supposed to be public at that point and how you've got a ceo coming out and almost defending a sponsorship deal that is even yet to come into action yeah, absolutely, Jabo. It is very unfortunate that um, that the, the document was leaked in that way and has generated really a massive conversation about this issue uh, and in some sense has scuppered the opportunity for South African tourism to take advantage of this media platform. I think it speaks to how we understand the value of global sponsorship how South African tourism thinks about uh, the choices they need to make and how they spend their media budget. And perhaps as we saw on Saturday morning with some of the resignations from the South African tourism board, uh, perhaps some disagreements around the table uh, about how to go about that and how to really meet the challenge that South African tourism has been set by the presidency in South Africa, by the cabinet to double the number of tourists and really push heavily to, uh, to increase the positive impact of tourism on South Africa. Michael, no. considering the fact that SA tourism is still very adamant on going through with the deal, and Jabu and I, as we analyze on the first conversation on it, we believe that it's extremely important for Africa to flex its wings and start to be among the 
most lucrative deals within sports business. Could you quickly just go through an analysis of the proposed um, SAT Spurs deal for our audience? Yeah, Edom, I, I think it was really interesting in your last conversation on the podcast where you spoke about the signaling opportunity, the value of signaling to the rest of the world that an African brand, a South African tourism brand, was playing at the highest levels of international sport and was participating as a commercial partner in the English Premiership with Spurs. Uh, and I think that's a really interesting signaling point that you raise. I mean, if we look at the if we look at what we know, uh, and of course the proposal is not public, and we are picking up pieces of this based on what has been announced and what has been leaked. But it seems to be about 300 million rand per year over three years uh, that would be a spend, uh, an investment, some would say, in a sponsorship of Tottenham Hotspurs. That deal would include a number of benefits or what we call assets within the sports industry, as one would expect. I think the one that everyone's been focused on uh, is the potential to have a brand of some kind, SA Tourism or South Africa or some kind of brand, some kind of message on the sleeve of the playing shirt uh, and potentially also the merchandise shirts, the fan shirts uh, that Spurs fans would wear. Uh, that's obviously one piece of the deal. What really hasn't been spoken about perhaps enough are the other components of the deal where the real value may lie. Beyond media exposure, the opportunity to host activations at stadiums whenever Spurs is playing, the ability to access the fan base, the 3 million apparently in the UK and perhaps 100 million around the world, access their direct information, get into the social media feed of Spurs, get into the newsletter that he sent to fans of Spurs and really build a stronger connection as a partner of Spurs. You know, we're going to talk maybe a little bit about how sponsorship works. And that's one of the real value here. The opportunity is not just to be an advertiser. Sponsorship is not just advertising. You get some advertising benefit. You get some media exposure benefit. Uh, but really the 300 million a year, um, which, which is a substantial media spend, uh, but you know, South African tourism certainly has that and they spend more than that every year. Uh, encouraging people from around the world to come to South Africa. If you think about the 300 million, um, it is a fairly small amount of the total budget that is allocated to tourism. Uh, and 300 million rand a year is only 0.02% of South Africa's total budget that is spent of public money on a number of social services and uh, economic services and also marketing services for the country. So at 0.02% of the spend, um, it, it's a really small amount of money that has the potential to deliver substantial returns. I mean, very quickly, if you look at how much money South Africa typically spends on tourism, it's about 2.4 billion rand. 2.4 billion rand, which sounds like a lot, but that has generated in the past uh, up to 81 billion rands worth of tourism revenue. That's a 33 times return or a 3,300% ROI. There's very little else where you can give one rand and you can get 33 rands in return. And that's where the real excitement is uh, about using uh, tourism and tourism spend to generate revenues and to create jobs for so many people in South Africa. Looking at it from that perspective, 
Michael, it does seem that it's a solid business case, as the South Africa Tourism Acting CEO, Temba Kumalo, puts it. He claims that out of the 1 billion rand that would be spent approximately in this deal, they would get 88 billion in forecasted financial ROI over the length of the contract with Spurs. So how would you, again, judge the financial returns that could possibly come out of this deal? I mean, we see a 1 billion rand and automatically people would just be up in arms and outraged at the huge numbers that are spent. But again, as you explained too, the returns from this deal could absolutely be massive. They could. uh, And sponsorship has that potential as one kind of media spend. I mean, we've got up to 81 billion rands worth of returns from a little bit more that we spend every year on media. Uh, And that's fairly fragmented. As the acting CEO laid out in their press conference, they spend money in a bunch of places. Let's think about the typical BBC, Sky, Al Jazeera kind of advertising. And so South African tourism is spending uh, public money as they are supposed to do to go out there and generate awareness, uh, create preference, have a call to action and lead people over time to selecting South Africa as the place that they want to have a vacation as opposed to somewhere else. So South African tourism has demonstrated how they can achieve at least 81 billion rands worth of returns uh, off the amount of money that they've spent in the past. Uh, Their argument would be that this kind of deal, putting all your eggs in one basket, really focusing your spend on a pretty powerful property in the UK and US and Asian market has the potential to multiply that kind of return. I think the $88 billion, and we'd love to see those calculations, I suspect that it's a combination of the tourism revenue that will be generated with tourists coming into the country, as well as what's called media value, right? So the social media and advertising value of our brand, our South African brand, uh, in these broadcasts around the world. Apparently, 4 billion people would tune in during a season to watch the English Premiership. So that's a lot of eyeballs. And that's p- probably part of the 88 billion rands worth of value that is being referred to. I mean, what we do need to remember is that the US and the UK market, which is perhaps where this kind of deal is focused, they have a habit of spending more. Uh, the latest numbers suggest about 23,000 rand for every tourist from the UK and the US. And at the moment, that's about two and a half million people. So two and a half million people are coming from those kinds of markets. And that's 57 billion rand just from those markets based on the spend in the country. So $88 billion does sound like a massive amount, and it's a great leverage from what we would spend. And it's probably a combination of those two pieces. Michael, as an individual who understands sports business due to the fact that I completed my master's last year in international sports management, I clearly understand where the $88 billion will be coming in as return on investment. And it may even be potentially more, given the fact that certain breakdowns will go through where training camps in South Africa will be available for the teams as well, potentially a preseason, who knows, that can even pull other teams to come and play in a tournament in South Africa. So we do clearly understand that. 
for the audience who may not clearly understand this from a business point of view, what are three of the top benefits for the brands, which is here is SA Tourism and sponsoring a top team like Tottenham Hotspur? I think the key thing for me about a deal like this or any other kind of spend around sports and entertainment or lifestyle is that it is not just about advertising. We need to look beyond advertising. What these passion points provide, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle kind of content, that's the stuff that most people live for. That's the stuff in our lives that we get out of bed in the morning for. And so, yes, we go to work. And yes, we spend time doing a few recreational hobbies. But the things that fire us up, uh, the things that we really get excited about, that we share on social media, that we talk to our friends about, is sport, music, entertainment, lifestyle, art kind of properties. And the reason that we feel like that is because we feel a identity, a connection to those things. They are important to us. Here's where the theory matters. What, this, what we know is that if you support a certain artist, you love a certain type of music, you love a certain artist or band or, or some kind of creative cultural activity or perhaps a sport, if that's your thing, then you have a very positive uh, emotional connection to that thing. What our research tells us at the Gordon Institute of Business Science here in South Africa, at the University of San Francisco in California, what our research tells us is that the fans of that thing, the fans of the sport, the fans of the music, whatever it might be, then have a more positive perception about any brands that are connected authentically to that thing. And so we call it image transfer effect. Really what it means is that if, if you love Spurs and 3 million people in the UK do, if you love Spurs, it means that any brand that Spurs connect themselves to, you are going to have a more favorable, a more positive reaction to that. That means you are going to be much more open to buying the stuff that those brands connected to Spurs are selling, like South Africa. And so here's really the, the, the opportunity here beyond advertising is to connect with people about things they care about. They don't necessarily care about South Africa in the same way that if we were selling cars, people don't really care about cars. They care about the things in their lives that are passion points. The opportunity of sponsorship is to connect with those passion points. And through that, educate people and encourage them to learn more about the things that we're selling. So that's the real opportunity here around sponsorship. It's not just about advertising. It's about that connection and that encouragement for someone to do something. And when we're trying to market or sell something, we've got to get someone to do something. Just knowing that South Africa exists, just knowing that it is a tourism market is not enough. Any marketer will tell you, and we know as customers, that we're not going to buy things just because we know that it exists. You know that Coke and Pepsi exist, right? Do we buy both? No. As consumers, we typically pick one because we have a relationship with it. And that marketer has to do more than just tell us that they exist. That's the opportunity here for South Africa to use something like the sponsorship or other platforms 
to really connect with people about the things they care about. Taking a step back to sponsorship ROI and how we essentially measure the impact of the sponsorship. In three years, three years down the line from now, if obviously the sponsorship deal does go through, how will we judge whether the sponsorship has had a substantial impact on SA tourism? How do we judge that, for example, X amount of people went to South Africa because of the Spurs sponsorship? How do we sort of make those lines more distinct for us to understand the impact of potentially the Spurs deal to how many people visit South Africa from now on? Yeah, there are two key ways in which all sponsorships are measured. And we talk about indirect value and direct value. Uh, The indirect value is the media exposure. So as people have been focused over the last three or four days, it's the number of impressions. So the number of eyeballs, the number of people who are seeing the brand, the South Africa, the SA Tourism logo on a shirt or on an LED board or on the screen or whatever it might be. And so that number of people we can measure. We can measure the impressions on social media. We can measure the amount of time and ratings and eyeballs on TV. That'll give us a number. That number we multiply by the typical rate card value of that media exposure. So what that means is if I have to spend a thousand rand to buy one minute of English Premiership time to advertise. Of course, it's a lot more, but let's say I want to spend a. Th- I need to spend a thousand rand to buy one minute. If my brand is on the screen in a you know relevant and 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 high profile way for ten minutes, well then that's worth ten thousand rand. So you take the rate card value, an average rate card value, and there's lots of debate and negotiation about what that number is. But once you agree on the number, you just multiply it by the amount of time or the number of posts on social media or the number of impressions. What that gives you is a media value, right? Um, and that, that that's not real money. You can't put in the bank. You can't pay people salaries with it. Uh, but it's media value. And it's important to marketers because it gives an indication of the kind of awareness that may be achieved uh, and the kind of reach that that media platform provides. The outcome of that media exposure can be measured in a range of ways. For example, you can do awareness studies, you can do surveys, you can have panels online, uh, you can do a range of market research to measure the extent to which um, someone is more aware or someone has a stronger brand preference or someone has a higher consideration for your brand. We saw this, for example, with Rwanda where they were able to show with their deal with Arsenal that within a year, the number of people um, or or the level of consideration uh, of of Arsenal fans uh, to travel to Rwanda as a tourist increased from 29% to 50%. And so they would have done a study and they would have worked out that the average Arsenal fan, 29% of them, were considering or were open to consider Rwanda as a holiday destination. After one year of the sponsorship, that number went up to about 50%. So you can measure that. And marketers know in what's called the funnel, 
They know that in order to get someone to buy, they have to consider. In order for someone to consider, they have to have a brand preference. They have to have a preference for one over the other. In order to have a brand preference, they must be aware. So it's this knock-on effect. Of course, the big number that really matters at the end of the day for any sponsorship is sales, is revenues. Uh, and there, uh, as we said before, it's it's tourism receipts, it's tourism revenues. And so uh, how many people are traveling to South Africa for how long? Typically, uh, people from the UK and from the US are spending about 18 to 19 days in South Africa. As I said, they're spending about 23,000 Rand uh, on every visit. And then you can just add that up and you can multiply it and you get to the billions of Rands of tourism revenue. Of course, in the South African context, another way to think about this is how many jobs are then created. Because the tourism sector is a substantial employer of jobs um, as a substantial contributor to GDP. And so every additional tourist uh, can contribute to more jobs being created. So it's that knock-on effect um, in, in, in revenues, in receipts, uh, and in jobs created. So, so those are kind of the key measures. I mean, one of the implicit issues in your question is how soon? How soon might we receive, see these benefits? And it's the same conversation we have after any major uh, sporting event. So we host the World Cup or we host the Olympics or we host an incoming tour of Lions rugby fans. How soon before we see a knock-on effect? Typically, we measure a, a, a baseline before and then we measure during immediately afterwards, and then a few years out. Uh, and so, you know, as again, we saw with the Rwanda example, they experienced a 5% increase on tourists from the UK within the first year. And so it's possible that South Africa might, if they do a deal like this, see an immediate return uh, where there'll be additional tourists immediately. But as a three-year deal, uh, there's certainly an, an opportunity to have uh, an impact like this, uh, probably between three to five years. Um, that's the kind of, of sustainability of message that you would typically see from an advertising and sponsorship point of view. For me, Michael, it's clearly sad to see the fact that members of the board of esotericism are resigning because this is really a very, very simple thing when you truly understand sports business. And the main aim of this podcast is to educate people and bring them the good understanding and knowledge of sports business. So what advice would you give to both the audience and to potential people of the board who may chance upon this in order to get them to fully understand and explain to South Africans that they are going to benefit 10 times, if not even a hundredfold, more than they are complaining about the amount of money being put into this. Because for me, this is a no-brainer. And I, from everything that you've said, it, can, it clearly shows that it's a no-brainer for you as well. It's a very, very difficult time within South Africa and, of course, many countries around the world and across the continent. But in South Africa right now, it is a very difficult period. It is a very political period. Um, and, and, you know, most South Africans are really struggling, struggling with a breakdown in infrastructure, struggling with economics, struggling with social issues, uh, and, and certainly struggling with a lot of distrust in any kind of public activities. That's the context in which a proposal like this may have been considered. 
Um, and, and in this political environment, you can certainly imagine that around the table, there will be very different views uh, and, and views about whether this headline number of a billion rand um, is responsible, is ethical, is uh, acceptable to society at this time. From a business point of view, we can run the numbers and show the potential returns. But the political environment and the social environment um, really you know, causes, I think, decision makers at this point to pause and think about whether this looks right, whether it looks good. And certainly, I think, whether it's people jumping all over Twitter or whether it's people in the street really talking about uh, how on earth can we as a country spend that much? Because a billion rand sounds like a huge amount. Even 300 million a year sounds like a huge amount to most of us and to the average person. How on earth can we do that when we can't keep the lights on uh, and the water's starting to go off? These are, are, are very real concerns for business decision makers at SA Tourism. You can't make these business decisions in isolation. So certainly there's a, there's a consideration around timing. There's a consideration about, you know, we want to double tourism. We want to push on with this. Um, but perhaps in nine months time, uh, we'll be in a better place. Of course, perhaps we won't. <laughs> uh, and then we would have lost out on nine months of time. And sometimes we need to be courageous and push ahead when the tea leaves suggest it might be a higher risk opportunity. The other issue here, as you heard the, the acting CEO mention, is it, it's about putting all the eggs in one basket. And from a strategy point of view, what may be happening around the table is that there's a hesitancy, a fear that we might make the wrong decision. And so when, when decision makers, when business people um, have to make a decision like this, you never know what's going to happen. You never know beforehand. Um, you, you never know if you're going to put a 30-second advert on BBC, whether it's going to deliver any returns. But that's an easier thing to say yes to. It's a smaller amount. We've done it before. We've seen returns from advertising before. We've shown a 33 times return by doing advertising before. So you can understand how around the table, this might feel like a, a more substantial risk. But the situation that tourism is in, you know, COVID really dropped tourism by half. And so many more of our people are unemployed as a result of that. And we have this charge to dramatically increase the number of tourists. So just doing what we've always done is most likely not going to get us where we need to be. Uh, and so I think, you know, certainly in decision-making and strategy, it's about running the numbers, but then it's looking at each other across the table, looking in our eyes and saying, are we up for this? Have we got the courage to make a strong decision and then really execute into it and make sure that it works? Uh, because if you make a decision like this, you've got to make sure it works. I think it's a it's a really tough situation that the executive of South African tourism, tourism is currently in, given the last three or four days. Uh, and it certainly has become a very political issue. So right now, um, there's got to be stakeholder management. 
there's got to be engagement. There's got to be cups of coffee and picking up the phone um, and briefing people uh, behind the scenes quickly to make sure that everyone is on the same page. There may need to be a pause of the strategy or a delay um, to make sure that everyone understands what the plan is and how important this might be. Uh, and so I, I would certainly expect that that would be a useful uh, focus over the next few days. I think there's certainly a question around media and communications. Uh, and I think some of the critique in the marketplace is that the way South African tourism has responded over the last few, few days may not have been as clear and comprehensive um, as could be. Uh, and perhaps, you know, there's an opportunity for SA Tourism to take South Africa into its confidence uh, and clarify some of these important questions. Of course, as an entity of the tourism department and of the South African government, it's important that there is political cover for these kinds of activities. Uh, and it does seem somewhat over the last day or two that South African tourism has been cut off a little bit from political power. And that um, whether it's the presidency's comments, whether it's the minister's comments, it does seem to be as if the decision makers here do not enjoy the current political support uh, of their principles. Uh, and that's critical at a time when the, the context needs to be explained. The, the role of the 300 million needs to be explained. The minister of finance, the treasury needs to be clear about the budget that tourism has. Um, it's easy to Google. It's easy to jump online and see exactly how much money SA Tourism gets and the tourism department gets and how much they spend. It's easy to do. But our job as communicators, if we work for SA Tourism or the tourism department or the treasury, is to make sure that we are clearly communicating these things. We cannot rely on people Googling and people researching things themselves. So I expect a delay, I expect a pause, I expect a lot of behind the scenes engagement. Um, and then in time, perhaps a number of weeks or months from now, uh, I expect perhaps a re-engagement with the board, a re-engagement with other stakeholders, perhaps also with South African sports uh, officials, so that when the next sport music entertainment lifestyle platform uh, is considered for this important spend uh, that everyone that needs to know knows about it and comes out positively because they're all on the same page. Michael, it's been really exceptional just listening to you getting your points across and I have really, really learned a lot. In fact, it would have been great for us to have you on the first conversation and would even love to have you back for a continuation on this because you just have so much insights to share. Like you said, I would also look to see the board making the right decisions, taking their time, really going through this because the truth of the matter is we're, we've not even completed three quarters of the current season and there's really no rush to want to you know, be the kid sponsor at this point in time. We may never know where Spurs will end at the end of the season. So like you said, I believe, and I also support the fact that they should take their time, really engage the audience, let them at least become, let's say 60 to 65% of 
confident and satisfied or okay with something like this. And then the whole country can support and then we move forward. But in the end, I do believe that it's important, like you keep mentioning, that we signal that here in Africa, we do have the ability to be part of lucrative deals that can create change and, and, and really build us from the ground up as for a very long time, we've not been a part of all the big money deals within sports. So thank you once again. Bless you. Thanks, Edom. Thanks, Jabu. Great chatting to you. Good luck.